This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, as always, brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, you are so good. I didn't even have to remind you. I didn't have to ask. I want a win before you come in. I want you to score a bunch of points because then everyone's happier. It's more fun. I didn't even mention it, and you made it happen. Good work, Joe. 25 points and a victory. Uh, I'm pretty sure every week I've come on this show, I've been happy, regardless of the result or my game. <laughs> it's just easier not to have to ask you, how come this sucked or how come that sucked? I'm supposed to. Hey. Well, we probably still sucked in a few things. Uh, <laughs> That's what... You can still ask those questions. Well, I am curious. We'll start with that. Um, you probably did suck at a few things, and Quinn will probably point that out when, when you watch uh, video. But I'm curious, oh, when, yeah, right? when he wants you to shoot more, and obviously you shot more in this game and you took 11 threes, does he... I mean, does he really go after you sometimes to get you to shoot? Or have you known each other so long, he can just give you a look and it says it all? How does that work? Yeah, it's probably probably a little different with me than it might be with other guys. Or, or would obviously, um, I've talked about our relationship on here before. Um, me and uh, Rudy are, are the only two guys that are here from that first year, like when he, when he first got the job. So obviously... Um, and even coaching staff, like there's only a couple of the, the coaching staff that have been here from from the very beginning, um, or whatever it was six years ago. So um, I've got a great relationship. Like there's times that he'll sit me down and, and show me film, and hey, you could have been aggressive here or look for your shot here. Um, we actually sat down the the last day off we had, so kind of two days ago, um, in between last night and the game before and he just kind of went through some scenarios where I could um, be better be more aggressive um, so you, you obviously think about all that and then um, there's other times that he just yells at you to shoot the ball <laughs> not, in a, not in a bad way but, but that's what he wants us to do he knows he's got good shooters and he wants us to, to shoot them on the So hear me out before you comment. So the ball game uh, is in the middle go. of the day, our time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, won't say another even, word. I got like four words out and he jumps I'll, in. I won't say another word, go. <laughs> so this isn't on me. Uh, so I'm in the car for the first part of the game, so I'm listening to, on the radio, right, as opposed to watching it on television. And Locke is doing the game, obviously. And he Ugh. says in the first quarter that Joe Ingles looks cranky and frustrated, right? So then I get home, turn on the television while watching the game, and on that the, the last three that you hit, uh, 
on the what was it on the right side to get you to 25. It looked so good, and it was nothing but a swish, if I remember correctly. And I was telling my wife about how, uh, well, she heard Locke say that uh, you were cr- you look cranky and frustrated. And when you made that shot, she looks at me and says, "Well, I hope he's cranky and frustrated every game if this is the way he's going to play." So, so were you cranky and frustrated? Um. I wouldn't necessarily say cranky. Um, I mean, I was, I've, I've been frustrated, yeah. Like, um, my job is to, and obviously I have a lot of, of pride of, of what I do. And um, when you're not playing to the level that you, you think or, or know you can, um, it's frustrating. And you, um, I've, <laughs> I've talked to Renee a lot about it. Um, it it's very different for me here where I, like when, when we're at home or on the road or whatever it is I've always got an outlet of, of Renee and the kids like I I'll finish practice and as soon as I walk out those doors it's the last thing on my mind I'm trying to like race home to, to pick up Miller from school or to, to be with Jacob or to hang out with Renee and get coffee or whatever it is and um, obviously for for a only a small time in my life, but for it seems like a, a lot p- bigger part. I've had that outlet, and um, I haven't got that here, and so it gets frustrating. You're almost forced to to overthink things, and like you finish practice, and we walk back to our room, and I mean, there's obviously things we could do here, but it's roasting hot out there. We're playing every second day. We're practicing on the days off, or, or going to the gym, not necessarily practicing. Um, Trey Lyles' three-hour practices, but we, we're doing stuff. We're walking through the, the scout or, or whatever it is. So you, you get it almost forces you to, to, to overthink and to think about it. And, and I think a lot of it for me was I play my best when I am having fun out there and I'm smiling and I'm not overthinking. I'm just kind of playing with the flow of the game and, and all that. And I, I think I was... I mean, what do we have? We had three weeks here before any kind of games or like two and a half weeks and a couple of preseason or whatever you call them games. And then we, we obviously start the the regular season. I think the frustration was just building and building because I knew, obviously I knew I could play better and, and I wanted to play better, but I'd, I'd play bad and I'd come back to the room and think about it and watch a bit of the highlights of my, of, or like film of the, of the game. And um, I was texting Renee the other day and it was like this time on two days ago and I was like, I just don't know what else to do. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm obviously trying. I, I want to win. I'm gonna, um, I just couldn't get in a, in a rhythm. I couldn't get in the flow. I didn't feel that kind of comfortable out there. And she was like, get up in the morning, go and watch like a comedy show or like something that you just would take your mind completely away from it. Sit there with a coffee, um, go to the game, put a podcast in or something just get away from it as much as you can even though we're in a bubble um, and I did that I got up had breakfast uh, I went for a little walk to the breakfast room got some food by myself and came back here and watched the show that um, was completely irrelevant but, um, and then I listened to a podcast who, who is one of my favourite podcast guys of Daniel Ricardo, our Aussie Formula 1 driver and listened to that but all the way up until coach was about to speak. Um, and I think it just took my mind away from overthinking of, of the playing bad and overthinking of 
I need to be more aggressive. I need to shoot more. I, I not necessarily need to score more, but I need to play make and help my teams. And um, yeah, so you can thank Renee. See, the thank what? you, Renee. That's yeah. funny you say that because. DJ, do you remember earlier in the week we had somebody on and I asked them about Jordan Clarkson and you're never getting away from this in the mm-hmm. bubble. You don't go home to anything. Remember when I said that? Yep, I, I, I don't do. remember who it was. I asked that about that, that it's got to be on this guy's mind constantly because they're never getting away from it. They're just going and back to a hotel and sitting there stewing about, over it. For sure. And if you think about, like, I mean, a lot of people know my situation with the kids and how much I want to be involved and be there and he, he he's got a daughter, um, but he's also he, he's anyone who follows him on social media, whatever, like he's out there doing things he's with his friends. He's playing at he's at the beach. He's like where, whatever he's doing, he's hiking in the mountains in Utah. Like, and it, I think it'll be something that that a lot of players deal with as this goes on. Is it's like that snowball effect of like you don't want it to, to affect you or anything, but. You, you, you just don't, you can't get away from it. We're on the same level, obviously our whole team. So you're, you're, we're always with our team. We're doing the I think we've got great guys and that. You walk downstairs, you see more basketball people. You walk to lunch, you see more basketball people. You go to a game, it's just basketball. Like it, you, like you said, like you did, there is no escape really. So I think finding something, um, which obviously I'm not just going to sit and watch TV shows all day every day because that's not the answer either. But for me, that like. 30 minutes before we got on the bus while I was having a coffee just to relax and I literally did not think about I can't remember who we played already Memphis I didn't think about the game or how I played for that two hours leading up to the game um, and maybe it was maybe it helped maybe it was just a fluke that I made some shots I like, will never really know but I can promise you I'm going to be watching the same exact show to the same minute on tomorrow so I'm I'm curious about multiple things here. One is the level of aggressiveness, you know, when to take a shot, when to pass. And you were definitely feeling it at the end of the game, but you took a deep three. And the, the defender did go under on the screen, right? So you had space. But there was 15 on the clock, Joe, and you were a good step and a half, two steps behind the three-point arc. A lot of times you would have passed on that shot. Hey, we got 15 seconds to get in the offense and get other people involved. But you just launch it. Was that because of what Quinn had said? Was that because you'd already made, I guess, five threes in the game? What what causes you to launch that shot? Because when you took it, I thought, wow, he's feeling it because he doesn't normally take that shot. Yeah, um, I, I think the main thing, regardless of, of kind of, of the situation of the game and all that, they were They'd switched their defense at that point, and they were—they call it red. So they were just switching every pick and roll, um, similar to kind of Houston or whatever. And that's why I think it was Kyle Anderson went to go underneath, and Valanciunas is still kind of further back than what he probably should have been. Um, but as we were walking off the court, I could hear the coach and I could hear the players like, "We're in red." And obviously, with our scout, we knew that was them switching, and it's a adjustment they do to try and whatever slow the game up drunk the game up and, and obviously I think we were up by whatever five, ten points whatever it was at that time so um, I just thought <laughs> um, I've obviously hit some shots I, I felt good with the ball in my hands and um, I mean I've actually taken that shot a, a lot of times before just not, re- not recently um, and I just yeah it, it felt good like I said they, they were in that switching defense and, and Kyle went under probably a little earlier than 
maybe what he should have, but um, I was like, screw it, I'm going to shoot it and see what happens. <laughs> I like I'll that attitude. I'll live with the film screw consequences. It. I'm going to shoot it. Worry about that later. Well, you know, Joe, when you think about it, all of Jazz fandom wants to see you do well. DJ and PK wants to see you do well. Renee and the kids want to uh, see you do well. Also, too, we've got a national media member from the Associated Press named Tim Reynolds who wants to see you do well. Take a listen. I love Joe Ingles. I love Joe Ingles. I just, when that guy's on, he is so much fun to watch. He's a total X factor. You are loved, Joe. Thanks, Tim. (laughs) (sighs) You know who else loves you? And people, you catch people in moments when they really don't want to be caught. You've got a lot of PK in you, actually. You two have a lot in common. So I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting there, right? I'm sitting there watching the game at halftime, and there's an assistant coach from Memphis who used to be with the Jazz, Brad Jones. And I know him a little bit. I don't know him real well, but I know him a little bit just from talking to him, uh, you know, in the hallway or whatever. You just see people, you know, a little, little bit. Right? Yes, he's a very easy guy to talk to, right? But I haven't, I haven't talked to him since he went to Memphis. And the TV camera catches him coming off the court, and I know, I I know him well enough to know he's got a look on his face and like. Well, something's funny, but he doesn't want to admit or he can't be seen laughing, but he's got this little smirk on his face. And the camera's widening out, and as it widens out, what do I see? I see Joe Ingles leaning over, chirping in his ear, and he got one little last out of him before you veered off and went to your separate locker rooms. <laughs> what were you going after Brad about? No, so um, it wasn't actually Brad at all. It was, oh, really? uh, it was Taylor, the the head coach. Um, they where where were we in the ball right before the end of the end of the half or whatever it was. Uh, I'm, I'd have to double check. You guys might know, but if I'm going to inbound the ball from the sideline and I say I'm trying to inbound it to the de- that deep corner, the same side that I'm inbounding it from, and the coach is standing there, if the ball hits the coach trying to get to, to Donovan, it's a technical foul. So I was trying to get the ball really quickly to throw it. Obviously, I wouldn't have thrown it at him hard or anything, but to like skim his leg or something so that we could get a technical foul and free throws. And then we and then we still get the ball back as well. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a technical foul because I was going to do it in the Lakers game to, to Frank Vogel too because he was in the same position. Like it's obviously they're not thinking about where I'm inbounding it, but if I wanted to pass to that like deep corner, which we have some stuff that's for that. Like, I actually wouldn't be able to pass it to them because of where the coach stands. Um, they probably think they're out of the way because they're, they, I don't know, they feel like they're out of the way. But And then I said, he, he said, the, oh, the referee said something to Taylor Jenkins about, like, hey, you got to move because of that. And then I was like, like, joking around, like, yeah, get out of the way, otherwise I'm going to throw it into you, like, and get a technical foul. And then he started, like, chirping a little bit about something else. And then, obviously, knowing Jonesy, um, I just kind of like he he could hear me that like he he knew what my intentions were the whole time like I was just trying to get a cheap little extra point for our team and so we were just kind of laughing at it but then Taylor Jenkins was like I don't know if it was at me or anything of the situation but it was like mumbling under his breath and I was like is he mad at me or is he talking like the referees is he mad at the referees for telling him to move but I was trying to look at Taylor to see if he was talking to me or not um, and obviously Jonesy was. Was, I think he was walking right next to him, so it probably looked like I was okay. 
talking or looking to him. But uh, yeah, I'd have to double check the rule because I've thought about it doing it twice now. But I don't actually, I don't actually know what happens if it does. But I think it is because I remember previously, I think it was like Jason Kidd or someone when he was a head coach, like stepped on the court and the player ran into him or the ball hit him trying mm-hmm. to pass, and he got a technical foul for him. I'm pretty sure. So it's just an easy way to get a point if you're if everyone's switched on. So you need to definitely nail that down because that could be really useful at the end of a close game. I mean, yeah, Chris... Don't p- cut this part out of the radio show because <laughs> other teams don't know I'm doing it. Yeah. But if, if you think about, like, I mean, I'm trying to get every advantage I possibly can and uh, I need every advantage I possibly can. Um, but if you think about it, you're in a current game in what part of the playoffs, game five, game seven, and our players to get Donovan and I just go to throw it and hits the coach on the arm like obviously you're never gonna I'm not gonna throw it at anyone's face or anything but like if I'm trying to make a play and it hits him it's pretty detrimental to your team depending on the, the situation of the game Chris Paul famously has gotten the Australians Chris Paul is famously he got a tech called on Carmelo once he got a tech called on somebody subbing in in a Minnesota game jersey, with an untucked yeah. jersey. So you never know at the end of a close game when one point will get you to OT or keep you out of OT and get you the win. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Chris is probably a good example. Even with end of the first quarter and end of or end of every quarter that he's in the game, they run that play where they dribble it up the side and they throw it to him, and the big comes to set a big roll, and he swipe like sweeps through and gets a foul. You know, he's earned the bonus and. Obviously, him being a good player, people are up on him trying to trying to defend him. And um, I think he got Jordan Clarkson in our game with it. It's just a, it's, and and obviously I'm not anywhere probably near the level of him in basketball like you because he, he's probably probably up there in the top one or two in the league. But um, he he's trying to get it's like you said with that the, the untucked you know, like he's trying to get any advantage he can and if that's his banana boat friend, uh, Camelo or whatever, like, he, he doesn't care. Like, he's trying to win the game. So, um, as close as they are, they're, they're all trying to win. Well, Joe, thanks for having a big game and thanks for getting a win before you came on the air. That's just my, just my plan. There you go. All right. Well, you know, Keep you, shooting, Joe. Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks, Coach. <laughs> 11, 11 threes. Do you know how many times this year you've taken 11 threes in the game? Uh, 68 games, probably six. Once at Miami, oh. you were seven for twelve <laughs> at Miami. It's the only time you've taken eleven this I had year. A good game then, too, didn't I? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you were. You the were in other, the middle. The other of... thing too was, you know, a quick, real quick story before you. So I'd, I'd had I'd shot four by three quarter time, and Johnny Bryant, who's one of our lead kind of lead assistants or whatever, I don't actually know any of their actual titles, but. Um, was like, hey, you've got you've got four up. You're like, you need to get another four in this quarter. Like, we want you to shoot. You need to shoot. And I was like, that's why the one I airboard, I think, when I shot over two guys. Like, all in my, the only thing in my mind was like, Johnny told me to shoot. I'm just going to shoot four threes. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get them up, but I'm going to get them up somehow. Uh, I ended up obviously getting a few more. Well, I don't even actually know how many I got in the last quarter, but. Um, yeah, I got enough. I made him happy. And it was his birthday overnight today, so I'm, it was for him. 
Hey, I, I know we're up against it here, but do you have a DVR in your hotel rooms? Did they hook you guys up with that so you can... What the hell is a DVR? Well, you can record shows on t- off TV when you're not watching, because... Oh, I've got my iPad, which is connected to our Xfinity account in Utah, so I can do it that way. Okay. Well, when you're looking for time, I thought of you, because I'm Saturday night, I get home, and everyone goes to sleep, and I've been doing TV late, and I'm still wired, and I'm flipping around. AFL. Yes, and and the uh, the NRL, the National Rugby League, too. Yeah, I'm not a rugby fan, or what's I grew up in Adelaide, where we never, the only, one of the only states in Australia that didn't have a rugby team, so I never really watched it. We were a big AFL kind of family growing up. We, we watched the team from Adelaide and whatever, so... Um, I've, I've actually watched a couple. I've watched a couple of games since I've been here. There's, we've had some late practices or, or late. We played that nine o'clock game the other day and, and get home at twelve thirty and whatever. So I've watched a couple since being here, and um, it's good that they play. I love that they play it on whatever it is, ESPN two or whatever the channel is. Yeah. But it's, it's cool for obviously for me. But I think, like you said, like it's it's actually pretty interesting if. You know a little bit of the rules just so you can kind of get your head around it. It's a, it's a pretty cool sport to watch. All right, Joe, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No worries at all. Have a good day. All right, good luck. Joe Ingles joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK catching you up on everything you missed in this show. Next, stay with us. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Jazz beat the Grizzlies 124-115. to They're off today. They play, they play the Spurs tomorrow. San Antonio lost to the Denver Nuggets 132-126. to Michael Porter Jr. with 30 points and 15 rebounds in Denver's win. Oklahoma City beats the Lakers. The Thunder get the win over L.A. 105-86. to Jazz are fourth in the West. A half game in front of Houston and a half game in front of the Thunder. This back-to-basketball update is brought to you by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. been a long four months. Welcome back. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse at 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Prices slow below. It'll blow your mind. Boom! All right, PK, we've covered a lot of ground in this show. PGA Championship picks with Bob Casper. The tournament just getting underway. They're literally 90 minutes in right now. Harding Park, San Francisco. You feeling pretty good about your picks? Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Okay, good. I just know that I'm better than... I'm personally, I I know in my heart I'm better than both of you and Bob combined. So, yeah, I suppose so. I love the way you always want to go third, and I know that's just so you can rub it in if you get it right. You passed on those guys. (laughs) 
You yeah. used that a couple of years ago with Tiger. <laughs> you were talking about gamesmanship. Well, guess oh, what? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going third. I'm like, yeah, I know why he wants to go third. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, of course, you would do it, too. I'm humble. I want you guys to go first. Have, see, no, the way, you're totally wrong, DJ, which is not a surprise. Here's the deal here. <laughs> sure. I want you guys to have the success that I've experienced. It's like the father with the son. He wants him to have at least what he's had, but even more. I've experienced victory. I picked Tiger when you guys just didn't believe in him. I did. I got it right. And I want you guys, I'm so giving it that I want you guys to feel the same joy that I felt. That's the way I look at things. Yeah, good. Okay, fine. Well, that was a waste of my life, and I won't get those 30 seconds back, but whatever. That was a word salad. <laughs> it was. And Yach's got the Webb Simpson I'm asterisk pick in there. I used my third pick on, uh, on, his, on his long shot. Uh, no, I'll give it to you. You chose it. I mean, yeah. that just just because you take advice from someone doesn't mean that uh, it's not you chose it. It's your pick, and that's a good pick because he's been hot this year. He's been in contention. You know, we saw what he did. Uh, that was uh, thrilling down in Phoenix. Now, it was a long time ago relative to this year, but if I recall, he had to go birdie, birdie, and then in the OT go birdie. That's some clutch golf right there. We've talked quite a bit about the uh, Jazz. You knew they were going to have to make three-pointers at some point. They'd been too good to keep shooting 25-26% from the three-point arc, 40% against Memphis. But here's the deal. Can they beat a team of the quality that they are bound to draw in the playoffs? The two teams they've beaten, uh, you know, New Orleans and Memphis, Uh, Maybe one of them will make the playoffs. Maybe neither of them will be in. But the two teams that they lost to, uh, the Thunder are a potential opponent. The Lakers probably not an opponent until the second round. Uh, But they lost those games. And right now they got two games left with the Spurs, who, like the Pelicans and Grizzlies, are scrapping to be in that 8-9 series. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't. And then they've got the Nuggets and the Mavericks, who right now are third and seventh. Now, I don't think there's any way they're going to play the Mavericks in playoffs. I don't, I don't see how they're going to match up. I don't think the Jazz, the most likely way would be for the Jazz to get to third and the Mavericks to get to sixth. And I don't think either one of those things are happening, let alone both of them. So the Mavs aren't really a playoff opponent, but their record isn't that different from the playoff opponents. And so far, PK, uh, you beat the teams that are clearly below you in the standings and the teams that are around you or above you. <laughs> have been a problem and we're waiting for them to break out of that but I don't know with Bogdanovich if they have the talent to do it they may well end up four and four here and a very predictable four and four at that uh could be but I can take encouragement from three of the four games I can't take anything positive from OKC obviously that was a stinker from start to finish the Laker game was not a stinker they played competitively Anthony Davis went off you saw against Oklahoma City, Anthony Davis couldn't buy a bucket to save his life. So it's one of those games. You know, we see that all the time. We see a baseball team roll out uh, 10 runs in one game, and the next game they can't even buy a hit. And so that's what Davis had. I I think that if they beat Dallas, I don't care that they're not going to match up against Dallas. That's a good win. 
And if you beat Denver, it doesn't matter if you match up against Denver. That's a good win. You're looking for positive signs to gain momentum because we're four games away from the postseason. And that's what matters the most, obviously. And I think that what Joe said, I think that that we've seen, and I'm sure other teams can say the same thing, but we've seen an evolution of how to react in the bubble. And Joe, I thought, was very insightful because I I brought that up earlier in the week that when you're not playing well, it's got to be worse when you're down there in Orlando and you can't ever get away from it. You're always on the road. And uh, you and, and it's even worse. You're not really on the road because you don't have your freedom to just go do whatever you know, around whatever town. You might right? want to yeah. be uh, to go do it. You can't you can't do that at all. So this bad games are like sticking with you. And clearly, Joe was overthinking it, and it was getting almost in his system. And he has a talk with his wife, and his wife knows him better than anybody, and tells him to go get away from it, go watch something or whatever, to do what you do to to get away from it. I don't think it's a coincidence that that he figures out because I think that shooting it, it, it slumps just. They build on their own, and they start growing. They snowball, as he used that very word. So they have to find ways to get away from it. Now, everybody's in the same situation, so you can't say, well, that's just specific to the Jazz. But listening to Joe and how they're handling it, I'm expecting now a pretty good effort the the next four games. I don't know that they're going to win all of them. They do. That would be awesome. But I'm expecting them to be able to compete on a level that, we haven't seen consistently since they've been in Orlando and I would be disappointed over the next four if I didn't see some very good competition from these guys whether they win or lose you can you can lose and still compete really hard and play well uh, we'll see how that the, the result is and ultimately the results matter particularly in the postseason but I listening to Joe I'm expecting better efforts over these last four games. And it's something that they really need because with four games left now, it's it's time to gear up for the postseason. You were mixing and matching sports metaphors earlier in the show. I don't remember what it was over, but I remember you doing grand slam, slam dunks or something like that. Uh, So I think if we mix the metaphors... It was a slam dunk home run. Oh, it was a slam dunk home run? Okay. I think if you mix the metaphors here, the shooting, the three-point shooting in basketball uh, reminds me of putting in golf. You know, you you do a lot of things right and you're close, but you you only get credit if it goes in. You know, if it rattles out or if it catches an edge and spins out, it doesn't matter. And to your point about uh, getting away and freeing your mind, there's something about that. Instead of beating yourself up for why a putt lipped out or why a shot rattled out, to just clear your mind and get away from it and then come back to it. And sure enough, Joe is uh, is just lighting it up, hitting six three pointers. You know, th- there are games where he doesn't even try six three pointers. So I think when he tells us that Johnny Bryan is saying you've got to take four in this quarter, even if he doesn't take four, if he only takes three, you know, that's the point is you've got to be shooting it for the team to be their best because you can pass it, but you're probably not going to pass it to a guy who's as good at what he's doing as you are at what you're doing. Maybe if you're constantly getting Rudy dunks at the rim, but I just don't think you can constantly do that. Good teams are going to take that away eventually. You can get it for a while. You can get it in spots, but they're going to take it away. So he's got to shoot those threes. We also talked... uh, Yeah, I got to say, man. Go ahead. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, college football. No, I agree with you. I agree exactly with what you said. Yeah. College football here. There are teams that have money and teams that don't. Some of the headlines from today. Alabama, even in these times, found the money 
to give Steve Sarkeesian a raise. So many coaches are taking uh, pay cuts and reductions. Sark is going to get a raise to $2.5 million annually. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 is going to establish a $1 billion loan program to help cash-strapped athletic departments. Uh, whether it's programs that are traditionally riding a, a pretty fine line or programs that have taken on a lot of debt because they've built a lot of buildings. Uh, Cal redid their football stadium, so we know that they're one team. There have been plenty of stories about them being cash-strapped. Uh, teams can get up to $83 million, and it's repayable over 10 years. So some teams have cash and some teams don't, PK. We've been talking about it, and it's on full display in the headlines this morning. Yeah, man, that's a lot of money to be paying an offensive coordinator. I think that's what Steve's title is, right? Two yep. and a half mil. Jeez, my gosh. I'm, I mean, that's that's uh, that's more than Kalani Sataki makes, I would think, unless he got a big raise. Maybe he did, but uh, it's probably in the ballpark. But, yeah, that's a lot of cash to be playing. But Alabama has it. They should be flush with it with their football program and others. Yeah, we'll see if the, how much of these uh, Pac-12 teams, how much they take out, if they take out remains to be seen what the total damage is financially on the situation that we have at hand, which, you know, it's probably going to be to one degree or another. There's going to be some form of damage because nobody looks like they're going to be having whatever their capacity in their stadiums are for the Utes. What's that, uh, 45-ish until yeah. they get that thing done? Yep. I think it's done. I saw a couple of things here that the San Diego State saying they're going to be playing BYU. They're going to keep BYU on the football schedule. And then a bunch of reports out of L.A. that UC Los Angeles, eight players have tested positive for the COVID, which uh, and you got a bunch of people with the doomsday. Well, I'd heard certain schools in our state have already had that. They just don't want it out there. So I'm not sure that that necessarily means that it is going to be no season. We'll see what develops from that. Well, with the start of the season for most schools being pushed back to late September, you know, the ballpark is you have, you know, practice opens up about a month before. So with the with the season rescheduled here, we're still a couple weeks away from practice. Yeah. So it's way it's, the can has been the can has been kicked down the road. All right, DJ and PK, that's what we've been talking about. Brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. When we come back, your feedback. A lot of people with some recommendations on what can be done to create the ideal schedule for BYU. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I can only stand so much of you guys insulting the Beatles again. We spent 10% of the time ripping on the Beatles that you spent talking about aliens yesterday. I learned my lesson. I will never bring up aliens on this show ever again. Oh, you promise? audio if you do. Okay. Speaking of that, what was that 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver? The one with the, the mouths coming out of the mouth. I don't know, is it? Oh, it? Alien? Yes! I win! Oh, you see? I win! See? No way. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history, and I hate you guys. Just trim out that last part. Gordon, thank you for being a good sport and paying up. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. What's an ideal schedule look like for BYU? Now, PK, you were just telling us you just saw something, San Diego State, confirming they're going to go ahead with the BYU game? 
Yeah, Yak had it on Twitter. Has somebody, uh, Wicker, is that the AD? Who's the yeah, AD? Yeah, their AD down, down there set, was on local yeah, sports radio said, and said we're keeping and, BYU. And that makes sense. That's good. That's a great game. They they should play often. Actually, they should. I would I would love to see a long term series with San Diego State like they have with Boise. There's a good history there. They played a lot of big games. So, and obviously, yeah. it's a good area. You want to go recruit that area. So why not? Right? If you can set up a game yeah. in California or Texas, that that seems to be a good idea. Uh, along the way, I think the ideal setup for BYU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, uh, TCU, and Texas Tech. You know, if you can go play in Texas, uh, TCU and Texas Tech uh, get to play one non-conference game. And, you know, it's got to be a home game. But I, I would think there'd be teams lining up to go play in Texas. Anything you do to increase your profile there, and BYU ought to be right near the front of that line. So I think those are some of what... Uh, now, of course, <laughs> those are all serious. Then you have Spencer saying, I bet Bingham and Corner Canyon would could uh, fill an opening for BYU. Counted as a recruiting trip. Thank you, Spencer. Now, is that two games, or you combine the teams? How would that work? I don't know. I think they're looking at two games. Uh, Captain, for it. Captain Cody says, you are assuming, DJ, that games will still happen. Well, yeah, otherwise there's no games, there's nothing to talk about. So for the purposes of the ideal schedule, of course I'm assuming that. Obviously, everything is in flux and there are no guarantees. But let's go under the assumption there are going to be some games. Yeah. If not, there's nothing to talk about. There's no games. They won't play anybody there. Done. Uh, Casey says, who cares? Dot, dot, dot. Go Aggies. All caps. Well, you're going to have BYU on your schedule, so you should care, you idiot. (laughs) It's set for October 2nd, although now the Mountain West is saying that their games will start September 26th, and I think the Aggies and Cougars both need a game there. So, I mean, under the assumption that your non-conference game or games, depending on what league you're talking about, uh, would be your openers. Maybe that's where that ends up. We'll have to see how that plays out. Well, fine with me. I don't care when yeah. they play. Just play. Uh, NF runner at Tippanoga 0-0. Hopefully wow. they get an ACC or Big 12 game or two. I'd be okay with a quality AAC team or two to fill out the rest of the schedule. They got Houston on the schedule out of the AAC. Maybe they pick up some more oh, games there. good enough. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, this year... Uh, I understand what they're saying about the quality, but if it's less than ideal, it's still, under the circumstances, good enough, most likely. Your hand is forced. You do the best you can do. And a lot of other people are going to make decisions. Uh, But as one of and it was on our Facebook page, I don't have it in front of me, but somebody pointed out, it's always changing. You know, UConn, deciding not to play opens up some games. Now, Yak and I bored during the schedule looked at or looked at UConn's schedule and we're talking about it bored during a commercial break and uh, there's a bunch of games you want no part of and uh, nobody's craving BYU in Maine or BYU Old Dominion. But they were playing Army and they were playing San Jose State. So, uh, a couple possibilities there. A Mountain West team. And BYU has already yes. engaged Army on talking about a game so that might right. work out. And Army just had another date open up. So, there you go. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, David Locke will be here for a Friday visit, and the Jazz will be playing a morning game. You don't get a lot of 11 a.m. games, but they've got one tomorrow. So plenty to get to tomorrow. We will talk to you then. Hans and Scotty are coming up next.